0: Hi, everyone. It's Jamie. I just want to share with you that my new book, Toxic Relationship Recovery, is available now. This book is for anyone who is healing after a harmful relationship, but it's also for people that are looking to identify toxic traits, toxic behaviors, and toxic strategies that get used upon people every single day. The second half of the book teaches you strategies to heal your inner voice and find your authentic self, after experiencing this type of harm. I'm looking forward to you all reading it and hearing your feedback from it. It's available today. Find Toxic Relationship Recovery wherever you buy books. This is Unlearned, a Self Rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming.
1: It's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been waiting to do that to you.
0: I knew you were going to do something happy, Anna. You knew I was going to do
1: something weird. Happy Anna, anniversary. Happy Anna, anniversary. Happy Anna, anniversary. Oh God! It is kind of surreal. that's right, folks. That's it. That's right, folks. We have made it to our one-year anniversary. We're here of the podcast. 50 episodes. <laughs> how did we get here? What are we doing? What has happened? What is life? I can't believe it's been a year. Like, I actually think that's crazy. Sometimes it feels like, I feel like this is what people always say with anniversaries. Sometimes it feels like just yesterday we started this, and other times it feels like there was never a time in my life without it. Like, that's like the canned thing that everybody says about any kind of anniversary. But it's like, because that is how sometimes it feels. Like, it does feel like that.
0: I think what's surreal is, like, knowing that, you know, a year ago, this was just, you know, a wish and a, you know, a hope that, like, this was gonna yeah do something. And here we go. I,
1: like, it's always funny because, like, I guess we could just, like, launch right into we were talking about what we were going to do for our episode today. And one of the things we wanted to talk about is maybe just, like, some general reflections of, like how the podcast started and like why we did it in the first place and like why we kept doing it in the second place and you know why we're still doing it today and so it's funny because sometimes when I think about how the podcast started it's very like nebulous almost I'm like we just did it like we just you just called me up one day and you were like hey you want to come talk with me about mental health stuff and we'll record it and we'll make a podcast and I was like okay Sure. And then we just did, we just started doing it and it just happened. And like, I think like some of the best things in my life, though, that I can think of happen that way, where you just like, you get that like spark of inspiration and you don't overthink it and you just start doing. And then it turns into what it's going to turn into and it evolves in certain ways. And then you start to find like the meaning behind it and a little bit more direction, a little bit more understanding of like, what that spark of inspiration at the beginning was like pushing you to do the whole time. Um, But I think like, just leaning into that feeling in the beginning and that trust of like, okay, I don't know exactly what this is or where it's going to go. But let's just flow. Let's just do it.
0: Mm, Yeah, I think what's what's cool is, you know, when people are, you know, sitting there wondering where we're going to go with the episode, it's I I know that you'll get a lot of almost like that educational base and you get a lot of you know random stories from us but I mean what we're hoping for with this episode is for you to know a little bit about who's behind the mic and I know many of you have found us in different ways so some of you know more than others but it's kind of a way for us to genuinely reflect on like what this podcast has done and given to us and how we've been able to evolve it into something that was deeply meaningful to both of us you know so the structure is we're gonna you know reflect a little bit about that and then um we might go into some questions so you can get to know a little bit more of like that deeper side of who we are but like I said welcome for everyone who's been if this is the first episode you're listening to or if it's the 50th episode you are listening <laughs> to i actually want to know and we usually say you know dm us on it but seriously in this case please dm us on instagram if this is actually the 50th episode you've listened to like if you are one of those people who we want we to me, know you we, we want to know if you are our diehards we want to know you we want to know you but also we want to like i genuinely think we can completely shout out in one of the upcoming episodes oh, yeah. like oh yeah anyone who's met anyone who's met that everyone who's like no i'm not lying It. this is like i've literally no. listened to everyone so just d- just dm us i'm um, on the Unlearned podcast, um, that's on Instagram, or you could just email us, unlearned at recollectedself.com. That also could be a way you could reach out to us if you're not on the IG. So, all right. Well, CA gave you a little bit of background, kind of like what she was thinking with the podcast. Um, a little bit of things on my end is that I had attempted to do a variation of a podcast. Actually, I think two, two attempts. The first attempt was when I was like deep in my spiritual deconstruction. And I was trying to interview people about that. And then like, I want to say it was over maybe two years ago, where I started interviewing people about like religious deconstruction. And it was like similar to the previous. So this is almost like the third version of like,
1: on my end, it's
0: the third attempt, you know, everything in threes. (laughs) Um, but it's the third attempt and it's the most, you know, it's the most real, it's the actual thing that came to fruition. So that in and of itself is, I I would say a testament for people who have something that they're trying to bring to fruition, like whatever creative energy you're doing, you know, it took me multiple tries, multiple attempts. I was negotiating a lot of different things of how I would actually be able to get this done. And yeah, it's sometimes it's just if you keep moving into the direction of the creative energy, yeah, you know, it will it will fall in place if you're actually wanting to do it autonomously, right? Don't force yourself mm-hmm. to do things you don't want to do. Right. So, all right. That's a little bit about how and then, of course, I proposed to see I was like, hey, you want to do this with me, you know, because I remember <laughs> I you, know, you guys all know I'm like a little chatterbox. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to sit and just stare at my computer and talk. I don't. It's a totally different
1: dynamic. I mean, I listen to some podcasts that are like that and watch some YouTubers that are like that. And there is a lot of value in those formats. But I think there's just a totally different dynamic when you get a conversational flow going. And for the type of topics that we tackle, I just think that it's, it's really valuable to have that sort of back and forth conversational energy going on and it humanizes these topics because we're both bringing different perspectives and we both know people that you know they've got their own perspectives and like I just think it kind of like broadens the scope a little bit and also like hones in on specific ways that you know you just get those other thoughts and those other perspectives plus I don't know maybe it's my ADHD. I like listening to people have conversations and I just think that it's a nice format. So I'm glad that we have been able to,
0: you know, harness that. Right. And I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's worth it to say that me and C both have ADHD and this is basically the epitome of body doubling to make sure. we're A hundred percent.
1: No, that's what I was going
0: to say. One of the things I'm most
1: proud of the fact that we've just freaking done something for an entire year. Like, Ah! I can't even tell you, like, my ADHD is not great. I, and I've go through phases where I'm like, you know, more well managed than others, depending on if I'm on medication or using my, you know, support systems and stuff. And let me just tell you, like, there's not much that I can look back on and go, wow, like I really stayed the course and I can manage something for a long time without there being, this is what I want to say about this though, without there being like structural external like factors that force me to stick with it right because people be like but CA you know like you're a mother and you wake up and you're a mom or, yeah because th- they'll die if I don't so like I have to get up and take care of things but like <laughs> as far as like just something that's like more like about me as an individual and like something that's just like My own, like we share it, but you know what I mean? Like something that's just like mine and like nobody forced me to do this. Nobody's forcing me to continue doing it. And like to stay committed to something like that is like, I'm freaking proud of myself because there's not a lot of things in my life that I can point to and say that, you know, fits that description, but this definitely does.
0: Right. I mean, that's what we mean by like body doubling is, yeah, we're doing the work, but like I think each having the other person know that we're kind of doing this together is probably Mm -hmm. actually it speaks to the success of why we're here today is, you know, that actual factor of doing something with another person. Right. Definitely. So we're grateful for that. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. If we would. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we talked about it. Um, there's been so many like things that have been reasons for us to stop, which is sure. something Always. that we thought we might talk about a little bit, you know, in regards to, what we wanted the podcast to become. And, you know, we started off the podcast. um, We went through some changes with like the infrastructure, you know, our producer changed. And, you know, some of that was that you know, it could have been the reason why we stopped. I mean, if anyone else, you know, has neurodivergence or like, you know, one little hiccup is like, never mind. You never know? mind. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we we kind of got through that barrier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's worth talking about some of the things that, you know, were, I don't want to say thre- like not threats, but like there were there were reasons why we could have stopped. Oh, there was barriers. There was challenges and there still
1: are and I think that's another I mean so we've got practically speaking right we've got the body doubling aspect that helps us like just accountability wise like show up week after week because it's on both of our calendars and you know when you're body doubling with somebody you don't want to stand them up so it's like okay this that's that's a good like structural factor but like more meta more zoomed out than that it's like Literally, we don't get paid to do this and there's <laughs> there's like money that goes out every month to make it happen continually and it's extra work on top of all of the other things that we both have going on in our lives. And so, and then there's, you know, this barrier and that barrier and all these things that are like, you know, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Like, is it worth it? Why are you doing this? What's the whole point? and those voices can show up for both of us for various different reasons at different times and i think it's like you and i've always done a pretty good job over this past year of like checking in with each other and like recentering and like being like let's talk about like what the vision is and and even just sometimes it's as simple as like sharing like a really good comment that we got on one of our you know episodes or like on the podcast you know reviews Like, that stuff keeps us going, guys. Like, if you're listening and you have left us a positive review, I cannot stress to you enough how freaking impactful those comments have been to us over this past year. Because when we want to quit, we look at those comments and we're like, this is why we're doing this. Mm,
0: That was actually one of the things that came through my mind. I was like, dude... When we go up against basically every barrier and I get an email about something getting unlocked for someone or CA reads this review, you know, that's just, it's just so deeply like you, you can hear the humanity in it and they talk about, you know, something that they were able to, you know, when they talk about like, oh, I, I was able to talk to my daughter in a new way, or I was able to realize that this was the next step for me, and you know, it's not, it's not the end all be all. Like, you know, we're not the only, you know, I hope we're not the only facet in your healing journey, but totally to hear that, to hear that we're a part of your journey is so helpful for us. It is. Like it's, so helpful for us to keep going um so yeah just be mindful of that like because you know as much as you might be listening and you might be like I don't know they don't really need to you know hear like if this helped me and it's like well we don't need to but it absolutely helps you know it's it absolutely helps us keep moving. So, and we want um, to connect yeah. with you
1: guys. Like it, it makes oh, yeah. us feel so connected for me. I'll just I feel so connected to the listeners when I read those types of things because your stories are our story. Like I read your words and I'm like that sounds like me. Like I it just makes me feel so empowered to keep, you know, coming on here and talking and sharing with you guys because I'm nothing special, but I'm I'm right. I'm and I say that not in a deprecating, not in a deprecating way, in a way of like, it's just like I, I'm just a person out here doing the work alongside you guys. And if I have been given a a gift of some sort, if you believe in that sort of thing to be able to put words to it, then I'm going to use that because that's a lot of the times the comments that we get is like, wow, like, this is how you put into words a way that I have felt for years and I never knew how to describe it. And I'm happy to be that person. Like, I'm happy to be that voice box. I don't think that there's something more special about me or more, you know, strong or smart or whatever about me than any of the rest of you guys. I think maybe I just have the the words and the courage to just say things out loud. That people are like, I don't know how to say this. This is how I'm feeling. But then when you hear somebody else say it, you're like, whoa, that's it. That's what I've been talking about. So.
0: well. What's so fascinating is that I don't know if anyone knows this part. I don't think I've ever said this on air, but a huge part of my healing was actually facilitated by some podcast that I was listening to. I, I never yeah. really like stepped back and realized how much they were a part of it. But there's, you know, shout out to the liturgists. I don't know if anyone, uh, huge you know, for my religious- yeah, for my for my religious trauma folks, if anyone's there, um, you know, shout out to Hillary and you know the sex witch and all that. Remember the sex oh, witch? I was man, like, oh Oh my so God! Good. Like some of these, some of these, like how else was it? There was Mike.
1: There was oh my yeah, God! It's Mike been, Gungor. Yeah. Lisa, yeah, it's been like years since I've listened to that right. podcast, but the impact that that that's the same one for me too. Like that or one of them that was a huge one, right? For me right. as well. There was a
0: few. Mm-hmm. There was a few of them, but just was huge and when I think about it not that you know it's actually that would be more for the you know religious trauma folks mm-hmm. if you ever mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are like what's it about it's it's definitely deconstruction stuff but um when I you know bring the parallel in one of the things I realized was when I got to listen to people's humanity in their deconstruction like I yes hear it yes that was the impact that's the impact that like
1: this type of structure of a podcast has versus that's what I was saying a minute ago, like versus the ones where it's just like an educational, like a person just talking and like sharing from their knowledge base. There's something about like the conversational, like deep dives into topics that makes you be like, whoa, these people are real. And like, we're all on this crazy floating rock together doing this insane journey together. And it just makes you feel not alone. And it makes us as the podcast hosts not feel alone. And yeah, I think it's just really powerful.
0: Yeah, so like, that's one of the things I wanted to share with y'all, because not that this is, you know, the only tool in your toolkit, but for those who have, you know, walked with us throughout this whole year, you know, I do it, I guess I do invite you to, you know, not, you don't have to share with us, but maybe take a moment to ask yourself, like, you know, what. What new things? Remember, these are. I always tell people, this is your journey. This isn't. We might. We might be prompting or facilitating, but this is your journey to claim. So, it it might be cool to kind of sit with asking yourself, like, what are some things that I was able to untangle? I claim it for yourself. I was able to untangle that. I think because the door got opened and I was willing to walk through it. That's exactly right. Power. Claim that power. Claim that. Claim that decision. Claim those wins. Um, yeah. Claim the, win. the progress. Um, but yeah, so now we're here and, you know, there there was a moment actually today and I'm not making this up that I realized this podcast isn't just a little checkbox on my work schedule. I realized that this has been a very healing presence in my life. It's brought a lot of healing with me and CA. It's brought a lot of healing in my own reflection of my own journey. And I know that my, I don't, I don't talk a lot about my partner, but my partner has brought things up to me about the podcast and, you know, he will listen and he'll be like, whoa, that one point you made or whatever. And like, it it brought opportunities to my life that weren't previously there. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, there's
1: definitely been times where we've talked about topics on this that I'm like, Dang. And I'm thinking about that all week long, you know, and it's actually inspiring real growth for me in real time. A lot of the things we talk about, you know, can come from a place of like, you know, maybe we've crossed the bridge over to the other side of that topic. And so not that we're not still actively like integrating and working on it but like the hardest part of the hurdle maybe in the past for us but some of it isn't and like some of the stuff is like really real still like impacting my daily life that I'm like actively currently working on and like Man, I'll never forget that episode with Rev Carla. I thought about that for weeks, like, when she – when we had her on and she said things that just freaking were so, like, healing and moving and inspiring inside of my soul. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And these, like, moments throughout this past year where, like, this podcast has also really impacted me in a personal way, like, episode-wise, but then, like, just in a more overarching way, like, the – like having something that i mean i sort of touched on it a little bit before like the ways that i've you know pa- you know just give myself a little kudos like and i'm proud of myself for sticking with something and then it also like you know we talked about this on our very last ep- our, our previous episode like it's so hard for us to claim joy and claim successes and claim things that we're proud of in ourselves like it makes us feel so uncomfortable to say those things out loud or at least it does for me and I'll say that for me this has been a huge opportunity for me to grow in that way specifically this past year to like really like claim the positive impact that this has on my life to claim the success of it to claim how proud I am of myself for doing it and when we see like it's not all about numbers but sometimes when i see numbers that like got like really big you know like a lot of listens on an episode especially an episode that meant a lot to us i'm like oh my gosh people are loving it and it just makes me so happy and like it really has brought me like so many moments like that over this past year and i'm just going to claim it because as we talked about last week and i'm still act as a topic i'm actively working on in my life is like taking ownership of the things that I'm proud of and the things that bring me joy. And this podcast is absolutely one of those things for me.
0: Right. Absolutely. So we're going to transition a little because we are like, you know, how do we, how do we create some of the depth for our listeners? Um, they, we wanted to share the perspective of, you know, the journey. This is a year, you know, the year anniversary episode. And so we were like, we were kind of going to mimic a little bit of what we did on the recap at the end of the year, which was giving y'all a chance to tap into some like deeper parts um, of who we are and share some things that are meaningful and authentic. And so last time I think we played from the card deck, um, we're not mm-hmm. really strangers, but this time we're playing and I'll try to, you know, produce my, our, our lovely producer, John will have him link the game comment um or not comment the game link. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this is a card deck from the brand the skin deep we are not getting sponsored by this <laughs> this is just something so you can know um and the game is it's not a game it's kind of a game but it's like a deck of questions that help people deeply connect with each other and what i mean deep <laughs> i was reading some of these questions we were balling! i was, <laughs> I was re- I was reading some of these questions during the brainstorm, and I was like, oh, "I can't answer this question." I was like crying. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, so the card deck is it's it's hard because you're not going to be you're going to have to visualize it, but it's the and <laughs> people are like, "What?" So we we'll link it in there, and it's the and. So the card deck will be linked in our show notes and it's made by the brand, the skin deep. So in case, you know, that goes over your head, like hopefully you can just link, click the link. Okay. So these are questions they're on cards. Um, and one of the things we're going to do is, you know, we're going to kind of ask questions and like "CA CA, um, you know, we can, you know, kind of do what we did before. Like I might answer, she might answer, whatever, wherever it goes is where it goes. But we were thinking we would do a little bit, before it goes heavy, we would go a little bit lighthearted. Um, and CA was just like jumping up and down when she heard this question. So we'll start with this one. The question is, what's a memory you wish we could relive together again and why? I mean, all of them, right? No. Uh
1: <laughs> One of the things that came to mind initial immediately was the okay I would want to relive us getting our oasis tattoo together which is it was both of our first tattoo and you were 18 I was 19 and I would want to relive it because like I think I mean like we had talked about it for years prior to that I think wow. and I remember like even like leading up to us getting that I actually like genuinely remember like I would like draw it on me like a lot like in the weeks leading up to it just so I could like make sure I knew that I wanted it how neurodivergent very are you neurodivergent. and um so it's not like I like didn't know that that's what I wanted but I also know that like I was younger and this was before I knew I was neurodivergent. And sometimes when I, like, look back on that memory, it's not just because it's so long in the past and I'm an old fuddy-duddy now. It's literally just because, like, I sometimes I look back on that memory and I'm like, I think I was, like, partially dissociated, not because I didn't, like, love the experience and I wasn't so happy to be there and I wasn't, like, glad that was happening. But, like, I literally think my neurodivergence was, like, on, like, absolute, like, Panic mode at that. Like I didn't know. Like it was so overwhelming. It was so overstimulating. I had never done anything like this before, and I was like, "What is happening in the sights and the sounds and the smells and everything?" And I think, like sometimes I like, look back on that memory. I'm like, "I'm glad I got it done. I don't remember it. Like I barely remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, I would want to redo it and like be like more present and be
0: more mindful and like
1: just like there, if that makes sense."
0: Right. Right. What's funny about our tattoo story? I actually don't think we've ever said that on air. So we do have a we do have a best friend tattoo. Yeah. Like I don't know if people realize that. So it's on our wrist. It's on the opposite wrist. So I have it on my yep. left arm. She has it on her right arm, well, yes. wrist. She has it on her right wrist. Um and it says Oasis and it it's so interesting how this stuff Oh my
1: gosh. We should evolved. talk about this. Yeah.
0: We probably should. So What's interesting is, well, first off, before I get into the explanation, one of the things that I remember, one of the things you're going to hear anyone say when a person gets a tattoo at 18 or 19 is they're going to say, how are you going to, why are you getting a best friend tattoo? Like, you don't even know if you're ever going to, like, talk to that person again. And, like, why would you ever do that with someone and pretend that you're going to, what, like, stay (laughs) friends forever? And, like, that's what I think is beautiful about, like, this inner
1: yes. knowing
0: that I think CA and I had literally mm-hmm. since we met, which is like, and we had met like five yep. years prior. So I met her yep. when I was 13. All right. Listen, like think about that for a second. I met okay. her when I was 13. Yeah, that's 13. crazy. Yeah. So I met her when I was 13. CA was 14. Um, And so this was five years after we had met and we weren't getting tons of pushback, but some people were like, what the heck? You know, you're gonna get a tattoo, but just not even just a tattoo. You're gonna get a best friend tattoo. Like you're, you don't even know if you're gonna talk to this person ever again. And me and C looked at each other and we're like laughing because we're like, no, that's yeah. like absurd. We know we're going to be bonded together yeah. for the rest yeah. of our lives. Like there's just no Wasn't way that's Wasn't gonna happen, right? So that, so right there, it is a yeah. testament to how I guess strong-willed or strong-minded we were intuitive. even when we were 18 we were and kind of intuitive <laughs> sure um so we had that going but then Oasis was actually and I mean CA you can chime in when you want to but like the Oasis originally was meant to be kind of a spiritual thing because CA and me were very religious mm-hmm, when we mm-hmm. were younger and we didn't have a lot of friends that were in that space with us and they weren't they either weren't practicing or they didn't know us in that mm-hmm. regard, and they didn't really care to know us about that. So, CA and me kind of came up with a word for that where we were like, Okay, well, the world's a desert, and nobody's really in that spiritual energy, and we're the only ones that can turn to each other to be that yeah. spiritual energy source. And so, we're like, Ooh, that the real good word for yep. that is oasis. But I want you to add, like, I want you to add here because this is so interesting how it's yeah. So
1: I, I remember also it having like a double meaning for us. Cause it was I, like, we were that for each other. And then when we were like, so we would be like, you're my oasis, right? Like for like, if the world out there is like this intense place. But like when we're together, it's like we're in an oasis together and like we provide that like reprieve for one another. And then it was like when we were apart, we could still look down and see that and know that like God was our oasis or something like that. I remember like we had like another layer to it. But um, what I find so interesting is that over time and, you know, we obviously everybody knows since we've got the religious deconstruction series on here. Like we deconstructed from the like religious structure that we were previously in, but like the meaning, like the definition of like you and I, like as an oasis never really like went away through, (laughs) through that all that, like then it turned into like in the deconstruction process, which was so freaking lonely and scary and very much like a desert. We were still that oasis for each other. And I find that just so uh, like incredible, right? That like, as we were going through that desert, we were there for one another and, and I can apply that to even other, right? Like there's a lot of been a lot of like deserts of life and to know that like, you're not alone and that that word has still been able to like encapsulate what that means for our friendship, like. I just think that that's so cool. It is.
0: It's so. I love that. So I'm glad you brought that memory up because I I don't think it would have crossed my mind. Um. I mean, this is pretty short. Uh, you know, we don't have to spend so much time. But me and Ca lived together for like four months. <laughs> 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 out of our entire A glorious out four of months. out of our entire friendship, starting at 13, we lived together. Can you guys believe this? We've never lived near.
1: Even when we were in the same city, we were like on opposite sides yeah. of the city. So like we yeah people might not realize that like why are you how are you guys so close if you've like never like we've always like had a long distance friendship which is crazy yeah, so
0: we yeah because when we met we were kids so we didn't have the ability to live on our own and then when we were older you know in the college time we had I'm not joking I'm pretty sure it was like act like it was four months it was four months of like living together and if I could go back I would just want to relive it because we were in really busy stages of our lives. And as much as we kind of got slightly the experience, it was more like kind of two ships passing in the night when we were, it really was, when we were living together yeah. because I was working, I think two internships at the time I had a part-time job and I was taking 18 credits, I think. So it was like, talk about overachiever, like, dude, and that was my senior year. And then CA was doing grad work and, you know, she was also develop. you know, she was she had met her partner and so um so we were really really two ships passing in the night so when I was thinking about a memory that I wish I could go back and like completely relive I'd be like dude I would have loved because at that point we didn't have children we didn't have like oh my we gosh married, so, so we could have relived that in such a cool different way so I don't know totally. it would just I love that. it would have been a good one so. me too Me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Me too. Okay. So, all right. So this is, all right. So we can go a couple of different ways. I mean, these are a little bit more deeper, but let's do it because we have some time.
1: Let's get Um, deep. Why did that? I'm sorry.
0: That was not appropriate. I'm so weird, actually. I'm very, very weird. (laughs) Oh, okay so this is I don't know because maybe this one piggybacks I'm trying to think of one that might piggyback well this one is describe a turning point in our relationship and why was it important to you this one might piggyback okay or you know I can start I, you want I'm i gonna me to- let you launch it start. you launch, launch. It. yeah
1: because I, I started last
0: question Launch away. All right, so this one did I think make it into one of the episodes, but it's worth it's worth talking about. So, kind of like CA just said, we spent half of our friendship in a very particular life perspective uh, you know, both of us, we had a lot of that religious background and all that stuff. So that was a huge platform of our relationship being, you know, established in. And to me, I think a turning point in our relationship was, and I think it was a testament to the type of bond that we have, which was me taking a few first steps of untangling my like the dissonance that I had in the faith structure that we were both from, like we shared and like we had a lot of bond from. And you got to remember, it's almost like, it's almost like I had to break the glass ceiling that we both like, like we didn't want to touch. Right. So I had a choice. I could have pretended with CA that I was continuing to be a very particular type of person. Like I would, you know, I was her firstborns, God, I am, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. like, we were very bonded in that religious, you know, environment together. It wasn't just like, oh, you do your thing. I do my thing. Like we had a lot of like interwoven connections with that. Sure. Yeah. That's where some of this impacted her when I, I still to this day, and you guys know I have a terrible memory. So the fact that I remember this is <laughs> every time I think about why my memories are even there, I'm like, oh, that's because it was super important to me. I still remember where I was standing. And I actually have a weird Polaroid picture snapshot in my head of this conversation.
1: I remember where I was too. Are you serious? I've, yeah, it's, it's snapshotted in my brain too. That's Absolutely. So... Cause this is the one I was going to say. So this Are is you serious. Uh, this, Shut up. I'm dead serious. No. Well, no, because it is, I mean, I think like it might even be the only, like what I would say, what I would even use as the term turning point. Cause that all throughout the whole other like times of our life, like Everything has just felt a little bit more, like, flowing and adaptable and, like, you know, you moved here or I moved there. Like, it didn't really, like, impact the structure of how we relate it to each other. Right. This is right. seems to be, like, this was the only, like, turning point moment that we've really ever experienced where it was, like, whoa, like, this is, like, things are going to shift.
0: hmm hmm And it was almost as though, I think the way I would describe it for people who are, like, new and, like, just listening to kind of some of this is the way I would describe it is that our the basis of our bond for so many years was categorized through a particular lens. So I liken it to, I mean, this is a lesser effect, but like, for example, let's say you only had a friend that was really into basketball and you met playing basketball and that you played basketball all throughout the years when you were a kid into high school, into college, you were literally like basketball teammates your whole life. Right. And it's a moment where you looked at your, you know, and they, they were like, all right, well, I'm going to start coaching. Do you want to coach with me? Whatever. And you look at them and you're going, I, I'm not going to play anymore. Like this isn't, my heart isn't here. This, this factor of my life is over and it doesn't mean it has to be over for you, but I'm no longer going to play pickup games with you. I'm no longer going to coach with you. You know, my kids aren't going to do like, I mean, I'm not going to enter into the basketball scene. So, you know, unless they, you know, whatever. So It's I know it's like a lesser degree, but like could you imagine having that many layers of bonds with someone and everything was entangled? Like you coached with them, you played teams, you did this, that, and then you're saying, hey, this one major factor that we we shared is no longer going to be present in my life. Not in notice I didn't I wouldn't wasn't saying stop playing basketball or you can't be my friend. I was saying you can keep do absolutely do what you love, but I can't pretend playing is enjoyable to me. I'm not going to go to any more games, right? And what's interesting in a turning point of a relationship is that now we're in this, that's why I think CA and I share this turning point is because when you face this in your personal life, people have this happen a lot in their marriages. They have, this happens in long-term relationships. They have, this happens in friendships. It happens when you think about the transition of like jobs or college or whatever, like, hey, I only knew you in college are we friends more than just college friends? Like, do we keep continuing this bond? Or, hey, I only knew you at this job that I worked at for seven years. When I leave this job of seven years, are we still friends? Like that kind of thing. So.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's what I, what we like learned through that experience. And I later on, like within a few months, like I, in a Totally. And I we did talk about this. If you haven't listened to the religious deconstruction series, I think this is the, in the very first one. We kind of like go into it, our personal stories a little bit. Um, but from a completely different angle, for like very different reasons, I did end up like going through a deconstruction journey of my own that was uh, autonomous and unique and individual to my process. But like literally... That's not even the point. Like so it's not even like oh if I hadn't done that we we wouldn't be friends. It actually that's not the point. The point is we restructured what the foundation of our relationship was during that time frame. Like what you were just saying, like when this thing goes away, is there enough substance still here that allows us to continue having like a really authentic friendship, not just a surface level friendship, but like something very deep and authentic because that's what we were for each other. We were like the most authentic like friends a person could imagine, you know? And so I remember like that was like the – that was the main like pivot in my brain as I had to be like I want to continue my friendship with Jamie in a way that's as deeply authentic and real as it has always been, where we can just show up exactly as we are, say exactly what we are like, what's on our hearts, what's on our minds, and like not have to hold back parts of who we are in each other's presence. Like, I knew I needed to hold on to that with you. And it was just my mind taking the time that it needed to say, is that possible without this external structure through which we both originally developed that authenticity through? And it, it absolutely was. And I think that was like the most terrifying and beautiful thing that we ever did was to do that work.
0: Right. I think that's such a good word. Like it was so scary because when I tell you I had the snapshot, I remember like my, you know, my, like my throat was all like tight and like my chest was tight. And I remember being like having to tell CA, like I, don't have this in my life anymore, or it's not the way you think it is right now. And I need to clarify that because you deserve clarification. You don't deserve for me to pretend that I'm something I'm not. And so as much as this is so painful, because you got to remember, I talked to CA when she was still in it, like she was very much still in her space, right? Of that, you know, understanding of life and the ideology. So when I had to say that, think of like the fear in my brain of like, I'm basically clarifying that that foundation that we shared for so long is no longer like on my end, present the way it is for her, right? And so super terrifying. But then what CA said, you know, and just like clarifying, one of the things that's so funny is that the beauty of authenticity, and this is where I think our listeners can get a lot out of this conversation, is the beauty of authenticity is that We've said this a million times on the podcast. It's autonomy is like reigns supreme. Like I didn't look at my friend and say, and, and same with her. She didn't do this to me either. So think about it like this. I didn't look at her and say, well, I'm deconstructing. And so I don't know what you're doing, but it's going to be a lot easier if you just start considering this stuff too,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, never. You never did that.
0: Right. And I didn't do that to her. But also she didn't. And this is where it was so easy for her to have flipped it on me because she could have been like, well, Jamie, you're literally causing like an earthquake right now in our friendship. Like you're shaking up everything. Do you not think that's selfish? Do you not like she could have flipped the narrative. She could have been like, you're so selfish for like, like not considering what this is going to do to our friendship. Right. What CA did like she didn't say well, I don't know how I'm going to be friends with you if you're not this type of ideology, right? Like you're not going to be religious, then I can't be friends with you, right? Right. She was like, it, I just remember this like sobering grief moment because it was this weird feeling of like, we both were allowing the space for autonomy, but there was a possibility that a part of the thing that we bonded over was not going to be present anymore, which is this massive grief cloud that felt like we were losing something.
1: But I think that's what's so like powerful about that experience is that we allowed that the space for that grief. And if we didn't allow that grief to happen, I don't know that we would have been able to come through it as strong as we did. I think we were both so honoring of each other's grief, of the grief of just like the loss of that shared bond. And because neither of us pushed against that and said, you shouldn't be feeling that way or just get over it or just be like me. And then we don't have to feel this anymore. Like, I think we were just so brave. We were just like, we were in the wilderness (laughs) and we were like, we don't know what's happening anymore, but like these feelings are real and we're going to honor these feelings. And then we're just going to keep showing up for each other. And we're just going to figure this out.
0: Right. Right. So when we think about like how that could be, you know, when we have the listeners that are trying to understand, you know, authenticity, this is why I think we speak in stories because we speak in stories, analogies, examples, because, when you can see what a relationship that is steeped in authenticity actually looks like when real stuff goes down, like that was every reason for our relationship to fall apart. It was like tons of friendships do tons of friendships fall
1: apart for that exact reason.
0: Exactly. And so this is, this is what's interesting is because like, it's not always like we keep, this was, in this factor, it was like the religious ideology, but this is also huge pivotal points. People who are experiencing this in their partnerships about huge, huge discrepancies on their perspective of healing, their perspective of Um, how people are to be treated, how children are to be treated, when you see things that are rattled to your core about sexuality or expressions of sexuality or expressions of self, when those things are brought to the table in a very authentic way and your partner or your best friend or your, whoever it is, your sibling, your parent, if they can sit at that table with you and say, as much as this will, will, Like we don't need to be blinded. It will shake. A lot of what we know this dynamic to be. I see you as someone who's honoring your journey. And I respect you for honoring mine. And when that starts changing and they don't match perfectly, I'm just trusting the process of our own self-discovery, and that by our openness, by our willingness, by our by our a, ability to be vulnerable and come back to the table and say, you know, here's another update. I'm struggling here, and you previously knew me as this person, but, like, I'm also exploring this dynamic, and, like, some people will – this is why I want you to hear – The alternatives are many people's lived experiences. When I say something like, I'm exploring my sexuality, someone might be going, why do I need to know about this? And they get angry that you're changing the perception of who they sculpted you to be in their brain. And they get angry that you have the audacity to literally clarify That's where that is so important. These are the distinguishing factors, folks. The distinguishing factors with the relationship that has the resiliency to bend and flex and adapt and adjust. All of those things are around how do they perceive you to be and is there cognitive flexibility around the adaptations that you're presenting? So when CA comes to me, she might come to me with something she's exploring Like, let's say something spiritually. She's like, hey, I'm exploring this spiritual element um, or this expression of understanding myself. And guess what? I might be like, oh yeah, that's surprising because I didn't know you were into that type of spirituality or that thing. It's not a threat to me though because I'm allowing her to constantly bend and flex and adapt and evolve into who she actually is, not who I crafted her to be in my mind, I'm saying, hey, my previous understanding of you was someone who had this type of spirituality, right? Let's say they were into, I don't know, Buddhism or something, right? And I was like, hey, the last time we did a check-in, I heard you tell me about some of the four pillars and that was super cool and I love to learn about that and that was interesting. But then you come back to me and go, oh, it's actually evolved. I'm going deeper into this expression of my, you know, self. I'm doing this kind of practice. I'm going back to my roots, whatever. Okay. If I looked at her and I go, like, like, I don't even know who you are. Oh my God. Every day you change. And like, like, how am I supposed to adapt to all this? And I look at that as a threat, right? Now CA is going to log that as in that person's mind, I have to remain slightly fixed in the ideology that they craft me to be. And if I have the audacity to clarify that, now it's a problem. Right? I, I think I think a, you touched on
1: cognitive flexibility. I think that's a big um, factor here. Is it just like when somebody presents like new information about themselves to you that? requires cognitive flexibility on their part to be able to adapt to new evolving versions of you. And sometimes people are just like frustrated and unwilling to do that work because they're like, oh my God, this again, like now I got to recraft who you are in my head all over again. and It's like work, right? Um, That's part of it. And then I think another part of it is um, a big theme that I think permeates this dynamic is trusting that other person with themselves, and I think that was a huge part of like what helped you and I navigate through a lot of those wildernesses with one another as well is like is as wide open as that wilderness felt I tr- I was like I trusted you with yourself I was like she knows what's got she knows who she is she knows what's going on she might not know every single answer right now but like she'll figure it out. Like there was no part of me that was like, I better guardrail her. I better fix her. I better like influence her to keep her safe. It was like, no, I'm just a companion on this journey with her and lucky enough to be a witness to her journey and lucky enough to be a person that she feels safe sharing the journey with. And I don't need to tell her about the potholes. I don't need to tell her about this other thing. she's got eyes. She has five senses. She has her wits about her like and if she makes mistakes then she's going to learn from those mistakes. And I think you had the same thing with me too and that's what we talked about like we didn't sit there and like force each other to sit into fit into some sort of a box to make us more comfortable. Would I have been more comfortable if you wouldn't have rocked the boat? Yeah. And then would you have been more comfortable if you if 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 I if you were like, "Hey, just do this with me and then we can do it together and it won't be so scary." Like That might have provided more, like, temporary comfort, but without that autonomy, like, it wouldn't have unfolded the way that it was actually meant to for each of us as individuals. And so you had that ability to be, like, I trust you with you, and I was, like, I trust you with you, and we're just witnessing the journey together, and, yeah, I don't know.
0: I – that, uh, the, the trust issue is so, this is where you hear so many of it, like so many things come up in our episodes about trust because it's so much about the dimension within ourselves around trust, but then also the external interchange with how people actually perceive us and whether or not we're capable, right? And so what CA was saying is like, yeah, remote, like if we if we ever write a memoir, like man, the actual things that she had to endure in our friendship, some of the things that probably looked like I was running, spiraling down, so far away from who I could be. The fact that I had someone saying, you know, I'm here for you, I'm supporting you. And this is the wilderness, like you being able to figure this out on your own without me stepping in and being your savior and being the healer and being the thing that you need, like you being able to figure that out on yourself is the only way you're going to be able to stand on your two feet. And look at me and know who the hell you are. Like, so, and that's And true.
1: this is one of those elements that I think had already permeated our friendship that we were able to, like, lean into during this time. Because prior to the beginning of your, you know, deconstruction and that, like, shift in our dynamic, we had already, like, witnessed the other person walk through a lot of other fires and wildernesses and, like, come through it. And I – I think that for like, I can definitely speak for me personally. Like that was like a huge part of why I think my subconscious and even maybe parts of my conscious brain were able to be like, she's got this. Like I had watched you overcome, walk through so many valleys already. And I was like, okay. And I didn't walk through that valley for you but I walked with you. And I think that is like such an interesting distinction that a lot of people get wrong is they think like, whether it's a partnership or a best friendship or a siblingship or whatever it is, they think that like, because you've like gone through, like, if you're going through things together, you have a tendency to like put that um, credit onto that other person. I couldn't have gotten through it without you. I wouldn't have done it if you weren't there. And I don't think we can say that. Like, I don't, I think that's, you know, not claiming, like we said at the very beginning of this episode, that's like, that's not claiming your own personal power and your own journey and your own successes. And that's not to say that like having somebody there to support you so you don't feel so alone in it isn't incredibly immensely helpful it is but at the same time like I genuinely did not do that work for you when you were in some really dark valleys like long before deconstruction and I watched you struggle with things and I watched you come through it like was I there near you and providing emotional companionship yes but I'm not you and I wasn't inside of you and I didn't make the choices. Like you would, you were the one to make up and wake up and choose yourself and choose better for yourself and listen to that still small voice inside of you that knew who you were and that knew you deserved better. And that knew that you were worthy to keep trying. Like I wasn't that voice inside your head, you were. And I was able to be inspired by that. And this is, um, one of the other questions we we're going to touch on. So we can almost just sort of like flow into it, which is like, what, when is a time when you felt inspired by me and, or when I felt inspired by you and, um, I, I, I could sit here and point to like all your accolades, Jamie. Oh, when you got your master's degree or, you know, you just finished writing your book. Like I could sit here and do that. Or when you hit a million followers on social media, but like those things are like the incidental, like, external, like, like, I don't know, I don't look to those external, um, like, and I'm so proud of you for those things. And it's great to like, get no. that recognition to be like, hell, yeah, like, that's in- those things are incredible. But like, when I think about like, inspiring, like, what is what is inspiration? And I think with you, I've always been inspired by your ability to listen to yourself and are there times when we actively shut that voice down and, and and you know force an inauthentic version of ourselves for days weeks months years yes but like whether we're talking about like small valleys or deep valleys throughout your life i have always been able to watch you like so tenderly and so courageously listen into yourself even in the pain like when you were deep in some pain it's like you were in touch with that pain and even as it was like drowning you you were like I'm drowning like you knew who you were in it and I know it's it's a lot but like your ability to just like faithfully listen back to yourself and go okay like one, we're going to do it today. Like one more day, I'm going to listen in. I'm going to start honoring this part of myself. And I think that is the, the thread, like the through thread throughout all of it. And like why we were able to maintain friendship after dynamic changes and why we're able to continue growing and keep doing things is because that's the thing that it's like, yeah, that's the thing that inspires me most about you is you're just like, I know that there's this voice inside of me that is worthy of me nurturing and listening to and uplifting and honoring. And I just love that about you.
0: Oh my God. see, <laughs> I'm over here crying. Like <laughs> good thing y'all can't see me right now. Um, well, I mean, and this is what I think is the beauty of like real connection. Like, and this, this is, I, I don't know. Like I, as much as I think people might hear some of this dynamic, they're like, is this a pipe dream? Like, is this even possible? And it's like, I, I truly believe that like when you can tap into energy, people that emit energy that literally sees that energy and says, hey, I'm with and aligning and expanding with you. That it's like a force. It's a force. It's literally like a momentous force. Like you're just, it's just, there's movement that naturally happens from that dynamic because you're taking two different energies and they're not, they're not Butting heads—they're not going up against each other. It's not a a magnet that's on the polars. It's like it's actually such a it's a complementary energy that by the presence of that energy, the whole thing expands, right? Which is actually, to me, the beauty of dynamics that have this this fostered within them, right? And so, you know, before we you know leave, like when I'm thinking about what you know it says when was a time but i guess i'll just answer like the idea around what is it about ca that inspires me i think i see i see a person that has this fierce passion that's committed to Curiosity that's committed to self-evolution. And I don't know if she thinks that's coming from me or if she thinks it doesn't matter because it's definitely coming from her. But like what's interesting is when you when we when we go back, this is actually really funny. We have to go back to get some context for this. When we go back to the beginning of Deconstruction when we talk about like how CA eventually started inspiring me to evolve almost in a way that was more aligned more aligned with me right it was when we were in our deconstruction like CA said we were offset of each other like i had started it um i don't know if it was like it might have been almost a year gap or whatever but like CA started untangling things just on her own like we weren't really talking a lot we kind of put religion on a shelf and we're like let's just communicate about life you know like we don't have to discuss you know that topic right now so lo and behold when she starts telling me hey I'm asking some questions I'll never forget because we were talking almost like podcast like we were talking um back and forth and I remember how inspiring it was for you to say you know Something to the effect of, I refuse to be my own bully. I'm not going to criticize myself for asking questions. And I'm not going to condemn myself for being curious to a degree that allows me to ask new questions. And so this is why I want you all to hear this. I was in a place where I remember trying to like fit myself in a box. Like I was deconstructing, but I was also like, well, I can't deconstruct too much because I don't want to be completely in a foreign land. So I was almost like beta testing yeah. things. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll test this faith and this community and this dynamic and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I was in a very, like, almost like a, like a frantic, like I got to find another one gotta find- real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, and that is actually one of the biggest things that happen when you do deconstruct anything, not just faith, but anything in your life, when you deconstruct like your concept of a a healthy relationship, or when you deconstruct how you want to be parenting, when you start unlearning who you were, many people will frantically be like, well, tell me who I am. Somebody tell me who I am. I don't know who I am. So like, tell me who I am. Somebody tell me who I am. Right. And that place is such a, such a honestly like oh, vulnerable yeah. place for the psyche because you desperately want to be told what to do who to like who to be and when CA it's funny it kind of parallels because like I think the thing that helped me prompt listening to myself was CA kind of almost like sitting down with me theoretically and being like What if we were just curious?
1: I remember this conversation. And I'll tell you what. I do too. It was directly, when I say directly, inspired by freaking Liturgist Podcast, by Hillary McBride. I listened to an episode, and it was a live recorded episode, podcast episode that they did together in front of a live audience. And Hillary said, the opposite of fear is not courage, it's curiosity. And that freaking sentence reach into the depths of who I am as a human being on this planet. Because as you said, like, that's what you pointed out about me is that like intense curiosity. That is like probably if anybody knew me like throughout since I've been the tiniest child since I was one, two, three years old, all the way up to now, like if people had to use a word to describe me, curious is the word that is the meest thing about me. I think. And so when Hillary said that, I was like, oh my God. Like that just like awakened, and it was like whatever shell was still like barely holding me together, just cracked wide open. And I was like, I'm allowed to be curious. I'm allowed to be curious. I'm allowed to just ask questions. Like nothing is stopping me from doing that. Nothing nothing bad is gonna happen to me if I just ask a question. Woo! That
0: was radical. Well, and that's where I think if I distill this down, one of the things that ultimately you helped teach me was to not be afraid, right? Like to not let fear. And that's kind of what hits my heart so hard. This is where some of these tears I think are coming from is that like, I think that so much of my life was actually... Like if I had to define what my drivers were, what my motivators were, and this is like so powerful because it it permeates every factor of my life, my partnerships, my family relationships. Like when I think about what my driving factor was, it was fear. I was scared of what was on the other side. I was scared of the answer to that question. I was scared Of advocating for myself because I was scared that I didn't think I had the skill on the other side and I was scared that I, right? And so it's like what CA said in the last episode, she goes, well, what if you do have it? What if you do have some of the skills and all you have to do is flex it? What if you do have the power within you and all you have to do is practice it? What if we could practice that? What if we could ask that question? And that is her. That is the curiosity that's so deeply within CA. And that is the inspiring point for me, for her. So ultimately you helped me and inspired me to live life without fear. And that's a beautiful thing. Huge. Uh oh. <laughs> this this is, is a tearful good.
1: episode. This is <laughs> good. I love it. I love that we went deep and opened up some of this stuff, and hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to a little bit of our journey of kind of not only our journey of the podcast over the past year, but we really dive deep into a lot of like our journey together as humans and like the ways that you and I have bounced off of each other and the impact that that's had on one another in such a positive way and not a pressured way, but just the best way possible. So with that's what we hope for you guys in your life, in your relationship to yourself, in your relationship to others. Like we just want you to be in a place where you also are allowed to be curious and authentic and real and brave and all of the good things
0: (laughs) all of the good things that you deserve all of the good things to to you today all right well we will see you next time Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Unlearned Podcast or individual Instagrams at Recollected Self and CA's is at Embracing Divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work